Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Liz Loza here. Last weekend, Matt Harmon and I taped a massive mashup pod with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler. We were live in Nashville recapping the draft. It's a two-parter, so today we'll break down the NFC, but to listen to our thoughts on the AFC, be sure to subscribe to the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast. That drops tomorrow. All right, let's get to the show. Hey, Liz Loza here. Matt Harmon and I host the Yahoo Fantasy Football pod, but we got a surprise today. We are joined by Charles Robinson and Therese Taylor. We're in Nashville at Buffalo's Nashville. It's a bar. It's, in fact, called the Ultimate Sports Bar, so it's going to get ruckusy. Uh, <laughs> we're here at the draft, and we have a lot to recap. We're going to start with the NFC. Before we get to a lot of the hot takes and the fire emojis, I want to talk about general thoughts. Charles, you go first. Uh, it. I think it paid off in terms of the intrigue. We didn't know what was going to happen in this draft. I think there were a lot of players in this draft where teams... uh, Look, let's just talk about DK Metcalf. That's a good example. I think he's a good person that really represents how uncertain parts of this draft were. No one really knew where DK Metcalf was going to end up. Slides all the way to the last pick in the second round. I think there were a lot of guys on boards... Uh, for teams that they just weren't sure where guys were going to slide to, especially after we got past Cleveland Farrell and number <laughs> four to the right. Oakland Raiders. So I, I think it was unexpected. It was good for the NFL in that way, and it, it's held throughout with that nature. Well, you know what, to me, the thing that stands out to me about this draft is where the quarterbacks went, right? I mean, so often you find that teams talk down the value of the quarterbacks right. leading up to it, and then at the end of the day, they go into the top five to get right. these guys. We saw that happen with Mitchell Trubisky. We've seen that happen in recent years with other players. But this year, it actually was true. Mm-hmm. The stuff you've been hearing, Charles, about Dwayne Haskins, he actually did go in the middle of the round. Yeah. Daniel Jones actually went six ahead of him, which would have seemed preposterous four months ago right. or even three months or two months ago, which goes to show to what Charles said again, the unpredictability to draft is what makes it a lot of fun, but it really is unpredictable. My favorite part of the draft every year is that teams really get to kind of put their cards on the table. They show us what they value. They show us who they want to be as organizations. And, you know, not only has the draft become, as Charles said, like a full-on event that the NFL really puts out for. They want the first pick to be a mystery. They want it to be all this talk, all this intrigue. 
as ever, the teams have showed us this year, this is who we want to be, this is what we value, and this is what we think is important as an organization. And that's the fun part about the draft to me every year. Well, it is the modern-day young and the restless, right? This is sports as daytime television soap operas. You know, we're going to talk winners and losers. Everyone does. But I have to say, I really thought the NFC West became one of the most intriguing Mm, divisions. And the Rams, no one is talking about what a sneaky good draft they had. They prioritized the future without reaching um, and also took away some immediate needs. Taylor Rapp, Daryl Henderson, David Long, Bobby Long. Like, I really liked what they did. But let's not get too team-specific. You guys mentioned the quarterbacks. Let's start there. Kyler Murray, number one overall. There is speculation throughout whether Arizona was as you are maybe intimating playing this game with the NFL about not giving away too much. Right. It happened. We're leaning into this new era. You know, I think when you look at Murray, the the number one thing people are criticized about the pick is that he's little. He's a little guy. There's no other way to put it. He measured at 5'10". We have some doubts as to whether that's really his height. And we know he bulked up for the draft. There's real playing ways going to be in the 190 somewhere. But I think for a guy like that, there's no better era to enter the NFL in than right now. The refs protect quarterbacks. Let's face it, anytime he gets hit, it's going to look more vicious because he's little. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a guy you're going to be able to go hunt. I think that only helps him. And I think that because the game is so wide open, even if you're worried about his long-term durability, right now, like this season entering, his ability to run and pass and win in the pocket, because I do think he can do it, should make him a pretty good play, in my opinion. I, look, I think it comes down to, if you're going to take him, how committed are you going to be to gearing the offense around him? And I, I think the Cardinals show that Absolutely. in this draft. I think you you see in the picks already Cliff Kingsbury, the influence, what they're going to do with this offense. It's definitely going to be spread out. You talk about Andy Isabella from UMass. You talk about, you know, uh, Hakeem Butler from Ohio, uh, Iowa State. The big X you you were absolutely already seeing the Arizona Cardinals look at that offense and say, we're reshaping this, and that's why you got to get Josh Rosen out of town because I don't think he would have really fit into what they're trying to shape and mold right now for the Cardinals. There's an obvious blueprint here, and as someone who is not, let's just say someone who is maybe a little vertically challenged, I appreciate leaning (laughs) into the hashtag small but mighty offense here, but it is really spectacular to see them adding these pieces. Before Hakeem Butler was added, I was like, the the biggest offensive piece under 30 years old is David Johnson. Like, the running back is taller than the quarterback. Matt, what do you think about Kyler's ability with Isabella, who has these incredibly strong hands, and Chris, uh, Christian, Christian Kirk. Kirk? I mean, yeah, I mean, he might be the best of all three of yeah. these guys. Right. I, and, I'm, like, this is an offense that, you know, is going to look drastically different than how it did when it ended mm. the season. You know, when they were just bereft of good players beyond Larry Fitzgerald once Christian Kirk went out. And, I mean, at this point, you're looking at a wide receiver core that goes Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Isabella, Hakeem Butler, and you can dispute the order within there, but that's a pretty nice young group. It is. They also have made some improvements on the offensive line, even if they're just getting a little healthier. Right. That's going to be big. So this is an offense that now is going to look drastically different than what it was in the Stone Age of, like, the Mike McCoy era. And I think what's really interesting, you mentioned the offensive line. What Cliff Kingsbury is going to run there, it's easier to get those offensive linemen nowadays. You want guys who play in space. We're we're talking about the NFL right now. No, you can't get the classic tackles anymore. You can't get the, you know, you talk about Washington State, the kid, Andre Andre Dillard. Dillard, Andre Dillard, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, you know, he's not a run tackle, right? He's he's a pass technician. That's what he is. Guess what? That's exactly (laughs) right. Yeah. I mean, look, that's so, so great. Good for the Cardinals. You're now gearing an offense toward the era you're in, which is going to make, I think, give you somewhat of an edge, particularly when it's, when you're searching for those offensive line pieces. I I will say this, you know, 
I'm a big guy. The offensive line matters to me. It still matters in today's NFL. So while the scheme, like the ball will be coming out quick, like you can still get bulldozed pretty quickly oh, in yeah, this league. Absolutely. And this offensive line, watching those guys play last year, it was terrible. Awesome. And it wasn't just because of the injuries. So these skilled players are nice. But really all they did this offseason was add J.R. Sweezy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's enough. That, that would give me some concern sure. yeah. if I were a Cardinals fan or if I was thinking about investing in some of these pieces. That's where the elusiveness of right. Kyler Murray is going to – Are right. we looking at like a Deshaun Watson sort of rookie season where you're fired for the first month and then we'll see what happens? <laughs> I mean I, – I, Okay, I will say this about Murray versus Watson. I live in Houston. Yeah. Watson's not a avoid contact quarterback. He's really like, that dude loses. takes it on, and he, Murray Murray's not that guy. No, very few quarterbacks in the NFL like take punishment like right. that guy. Right. Some of that's because of the line, but also like a lot of guys. Well, some guys have the ability to kind of run around and like yep. do stuff. Yep. That's not him. Lock, Lock like, and Watson. The punishment. Like, like you, you and I have talked yeah. about. Uh, uh, not Lock. I'm sorry, Luck. Andrew yeah, Luck. Luck and Watson. That's going to be a lot of fun mixing yeah. that up for the yeah. next yeah, 10 yeah, years. Yeah, <laughs> Luck and Luck. Yeah, I've got Luck in the brain. Look, Andrew Luck and Watson are those guys. They'll take those hits. Right. Like, they just will. They're Kyler Murray is not that guy. It's a live by the sword, die by the sword, you know, competitive you, well, fire. Do you know who's doing that? Dave Gettleman. <laughs> he is living and dying by the sword. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Jones. That's a way to put it. Let's do it. Um, who, where, who wants to start? Look, I, I can <laughs> tell you why they made the pick. You know, I, I had a chance, obviously, uh, about a week before the draft, um, you know, I had someone close to Gettleman tell me, look, this is this is the guy, and I guess I could say it now, this is the guy at the top of yeah. their quarterback board. And I alluded to it on Twitter. You tweeted it. Yeah, it was amazing. Not, it we was, it was it. pretty steady. Yeah, what you were saying. Yeah. It was really subtle. You know, I think pretty much everybody understood. And, and, I, and I'm sitting there, and I'm hearing this, and I'm thinking, why? Like, why? What, what's going on? And, and so, you know, he says, look, Dave thinks he's got fiber as a, as a quarterback. Like, he's a guy who at Duke – hammered by his offensive line, had wide receivers drop it. He's gone through all the tough paces and yet continually bounced back and raised the level of a program where there was not a lot of NFL talent there. David Cutcliffe, the coach, obviously, who coached the Mannings, sold Gettleman on, look, you're going to be looking at this transition, the Eli Manning transition. This is the guy that's going to be a smooth transition for you. And once you start to surround him with better talent than he's had at Duke, you're going to see that si- that ceiling's actually higher than a lot of people think. I'm not saying I agree with it. Right. I'm just saying that's what the sell was. This is the no swag is swag mentality. I don't want charisma in the locker room. We're going to work from the trenches out. Stay in your lane. Gettleman guy, I think. Stay it was, in your I, lane. I was like, this is a pretty Gettleman guy. Therese, you and I were talking about this last night, and basically it's, it's he's one of those guys that wants to still kind of prove that the old ways yeah. still work in this you know new modern NFL where we're, t- where we're taking a 5'10", quote-unquote, quarterback, you know, at number one overall. Yeah, I mean, I had an opportunity to visit with Gettleman um, a few days before the draft, a week before the draft, and it became pretty clear to me that his mentality was going to – he's 68 years old. And if you've done that job as long as he has, you're not going to change who you are. Right. He believes in winning up front, which I'm like, hey, you know what, Dave, I'm with you. Okay, great. You're going to win up front. You're going to build inside out. Let's go. Then he got to the quarterbacks, and I thought it was just so interesting that he mentioned – he harped on this. He was very insistent upon this part. Like, in today's NFL, your quarterback has to be able to win in the pocket. So I'm like, all right, elusive guys off the list. Right, yeah. It's going to be Drew Locke. It's going to be Daniel Jones, something like that. So – the, the, I think that the, what we were really talking about, Matt, was that he took Daniel Jones instead of some other guys on the table here. Right. You want to win up front. Ed Oliver would have helped that football yeah. team. You know, Josh Allen would have helped that football team. Um, Jonah Williams could have helped that football team. Like the, the bottom line is that there are guys here that would have fit into that pro- profile as well. They didn't think he would get to 17. I will say that. They did not think Daniel Jones. 
I think if they thought realistically he could get there, yeah. but I think they thought this is the number two quarterback on some other boards. It sounds like they were worried we're about not Washington. Risk it. Yeah, I, I, I think will say that I've weirdly been like the silver linings guy for this trip, which is not a good look for me. <laughs> uh, I'm much more like pessimistic, like let's look at the dark side of life. We're uh, in your lane. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and here we are talking about the Giants. And I will say silver lining, though, yeah. for Daniel Jones, I think they've actually built kind of a nice ecosystem for a young quarterback. They have a good running back. They've made some additions on the offensive line. Shepard and Tate are guys who create quick separation. They still have Evan Ingram, too. So it's not as if he's going into, you know, a Buffalo Bills situation last Absolutely year. Absolutely right. You know? can, can, I, can I throw a Twilight Zone scenario? What if – would you guys rather have what they've done right now or have just kept Odell and taken Haskins? So that way your offensive core is Haskins, Barkley, Odell, Ingram, Shepard. But that – so I was going to say, if you want to win in the pocket – that's what Dwayne Haskins does. He's yeah. not a mobile guy. He is your old school drop back passer. I mean, it's, uh, no, so, uh, go for it. I, mean, I, I kind of want to know. Like, what do you guys? <laughs> I mean, spin it back to last year. It makes no. This is the problem with, with Dave Gettleman. Ultimately, is that none of these moves m- make sense in congruence and conjunction with each other. And to pass up on you know a much better quarterback class last year at the second overall pick, and then come back and take a prospect like Daniel Jones at six overall, it just doesn't show a lot of. The synergy there in terms of the decision making. I can tell you the difference between, you know, Haskins and Jones from the from the viewpoint of Gettleman. If you're talking about Daniel Jones has fiber, he's he's had all these different scenarios thrown at him. He's he's gotten hit. He's dealt with Haskins well, because he was a, a one, one year, year starter. starter. He sat behind J T Barrett right. for years. You know, uh, leadership in that one year was not like it was yeah. with JT Barrett. And people from the Ohio State program will tell you that. He's not the same leader JT Barrett was. Gettleman clearly put a, a premium on someone who went through struggles and continued to look, show leadership over an elongated is period that of time. Or is it just he has the Manning blessing? He's got the I, grooming. I, I think Cutcliffe actually, yeah, I mean, I think Cutcliffe definitely sold. Got him you know, the job. Yeah, I think that was a big part of it, but. You know what? A lot of a lot of coaches get. Can we talk stopped. about Haskins though and Washington? Because when I saw that Dan Schneider was going to be running the draft for the first round, I threw up a bunch of popcorn emojis. I was ready for it, <laughs> and the amount of restraint that he showed. I'm not one to give this man props in general, but this I will say: he had a very good draft so far. Haskins at 15, great restraint. Montez Sweat drops. And he waited for Haskins yeah. to get to him. Yep. Yeah. There wasn't any reaching, yeah. by the way, which is Gettleman's thing. Don't reach, don't reach. Well, okay, uh, well, go okay. get your bro. Yeah. Um, but Dwayne Haskins um, stays. I also like that Haskins gets to stay. I mean, he's from New, New Jersey originally, but went to school in Potomac, so he's a local guy. His family's there. I think there's going to be a chip on his shoulder because he, he said he felt like the NFL got it wrong, the fact that Jones went ahead of him. I want to talk about what Washington did here. In the NFC East, by the way, this is this is now becoming well, Terry, Look, Terry McLaurin's another guy who's going to give you Reunited. something. Reunited. I mean, very fast, gives you something on special teams. Precise route runner. Precise yeah. route runner. Everybody raved about him at the Senior Bowl, how great he was. Um, look, even the Bryce Love pick. Yeah. yeah. You get to the fourth That's round. That's a good value. Man. You know, good value. Fourth round, you know, let's see what you get Adam obviously coming off of injury, but also a guy that he goes one year earlier. Maybe we're talking about Bryce Love being a first-round running back. I think the people who don't like Dan Snyder, if they were out there saying, oh my God, he's running the board, now they're like, maybe he wasn't running the board. (laughs) (laughs) This is a difficult draft to criticize for them. Like Montez Sweat, if you believe he's okay, 
super player. Sure. Like, yeah. And productive. So yeah. he's not like a workout wonder. I mean, he is a workout wonder. Right. But both the, also productive too. Yeah. Right. So then Haskins obviously could end up being the best quarterback in the draft. There are people who are respected around the league who like really like him. So um, I, I think if you look at what Washington's done today, you do wonder. Hmm. Like, I wonder who wasn't because it. It's pretty solid. It's hard to criticize anything they've done. I'll say what good news for Haskins is he does go to a team, even though we all have skepticism, I think earned skepticism about Washington and, you know, the, the nest that they have for any young player to walk into. This is at least for a guy that does not really create outside of structure that I think is like a Nick Foles type player that when the script is good, he's good. When right. the script is bad, then you're looking at, you know, Rams, uh, Nick Foles. I think they do have a good offensive line here, and, and if it can stay healthy, that helps. But see, so there, there's that knock on Haskins. Yes. You know, I had one guy who said, look, he's a little bit of a robot. You know, you yeah. give him A, B, and C, I think he can do that. He's shown he can do that. But then when you need D and you need someone to create, he's not going to do that, which means, look, you can't be getting him hit. You can't be, you know, if he gets hit, it's going to be some problems. It's an ecosystem-dependent quarterback. But Therese and I were talking about this a little bit last night, and I thought, Therese, you made a really good point about, yeah, but that's tomorrow. That's not today. Let him. Ha- he is a one-year starter. No, like he's, right. he need- Case Keenum's going to be the starting quarterback. Right, they have guys there. He doesn't necessarily have to start this year. And also, like, hey, listen, I live in Kansas City, so I watch Patrick Mahomes regularly. Like, I get the second reaction thing. I wrote a whole story about how NFL teams are valuing that more than ever. So in a weird way, that kind of affected Dwayne Haskins in a negative way. But at the end of the day, guys who have the second reaction ability, that's not that common. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes has it. Kyler Murray has it. Right. Aaron Rodgers has it. Right. Like the list isn't, and I'm, there's a few more, but the Rare list isn't players. that right. The, the list isn't that long. So at the end of the day, you can still win with a quarterback that doesn't have it. And you're right, the ecosystem has to be perfect. But you're not talking about a guy that was a one-read guy. Like he got to progression two and three and threw with accuracy, and he has a strong enough arm. So I'm not really here for like the Haskins. Like I, I believe in the player. Like I think, and there there are people around the league who believe in the player. I just I, I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how he works out in Washington, a place that hasn't been necessarily conducive, I'd say, to talent development. Yeah. Like that place has been enough of a dumpster fire over the years that it might not like it, it's not an ideal place because of all the drama they've right. had. And that matters. That does, does matter. matter. Absolutely. And that whether or not matter. Jay Gruden retains his job next year. Right. Like you start like with, with a guy like Haskins, you start adding in new coaches staff to the mix. Like this is how quarterbacks bust if they start turning it over. Jason so, Campbell in Washington, I mean, exactly. yeah. in this story. So, so. Don't for, get for his shook. sake, I do hope that he has the same quarterback coach and head coach. Let's uh let's talk a little fantasy. Because that's what we do. Well, I want to talk about that middle round running back that fell into an awesome situation, could be a major factor in fantasy. Let's think like a Nick Chubb, or I don't really want to say an Alvin Kamara next year. Matt, I'm going to start with you. The obvious answer is David Montgomery Uh, for the Bears. He's going to take all of it. I mean, I can say Montgomery. We can talk Daryl Henderson. That's an interesting one. If if, You took uh, my guy. Yeah, I'm just took everybody's guy here right off the top. But but, it's true, though. But but those are the two guys. Those are are the two guys. And Montgomery, I think, obviously, like, I said this to Liz a couple of weeks ago, like, people are really out there on Twitter debating about, like, is Mike Davis an interesting fantasy oh, pick? Like, guys, come on. We know yeah, at some point they're going. taking a running right, back. Right, this absolutely. Year. And they did. They get a hard-nosed inside runner that is at least more versatile, is at least a threat in the passing game, whereas Jordan Howard was, was not. not. Right. And I, I think it's Henderson, right? So, like, I understand Montgomery. I get it. No one forced more tackles right. in college, and that matters in the NFL. But Henderson, to me, was, like, I think he was number two. Like, he's or, – or something close to it. And you turn on the tape immediately – there's juice there. He is a home run threat, average 8.9 yards a carry. But what he needs is that's nuts, by right, the way. That, that is, is like a wild stat. 2,000 yards. Yeah. Like it, yeah. The production is crazy, and the knocks on him, division. 
right? He's not like necessarily a creator, but what he can do is make people miss as long as it's blocked well. And I think in I think in Los Angeles, he's in a position where the line could potentially block well enough for him to make that, you know, make that a pretty good fit. Plus the Todd Gurley situation. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, I feel pretty good about Daryl Henderson going to that place with Sean McVay scheming things up. See, I like that. Uh, the reason I went with Montgomery is I just think opportunity. Sure. Because when yeah, I look there. at the Bears' backfields. Mike Davis. There's, there's you know, right, exactly. He should be good touches right. on touches Absolutely. on touches as long as he can handle it. So to me, I, I and I, I do, I love that pick as well. And and I'm not sold. I know they're saying, look, it's not Gurley's knee. I'm like, right. we don't yeah, know. We don't Here, know that. Here's... The thing about Gurley thing is that he's been dealing with he was dealing with that knee for right. a couple months. Right. He didn't shut it down. Right. This could totally linger, right? Like we don't know how long that and was. He's gonna use the stem cell therapy. I mean that that's we don't have a big sample size on whether that's an effective. You have no Sean Marino and Jamal Charles. So that's a 50-50 uh, split. Bryant on his ankle used stem cell therapy and was never the same after the ankle injury. So we don't know that that's gonna resolve anything. And I, I'm sorry, I don't I don't mean to knock the staff there or anything, but we heard in the playoffs. No, the knee, it's not the, the knee's fine, the knee's it's fine. The and knee. then later we're like, well, the knee wasn't great. So, okay. Come on. You get to the Super Bowl, you don't use the guy you just paid $45 million. Yeah, right, it's right. the knee. And whenever <laughs> stuff like that lingers that long and it doesn't necessarily get fixed and he still, it could linger into the season. Sure. And there's a history. I'd, there's a history right. here back, I'd be back willing in the to, I'd be willing to probably take Henderson early, earlier than whatever the projections are. I'd go around early. We're in a fantasy league, so I'm glad I'm not here. I do think Montgomery's my guy as well. I mean, he was an easy, he was an Eagle Scout. How do you not love that? Converted quarterback. I also think that he offers less predictability than obviously Jordan Howard or Mike Davis did. So I'm excited to see what he can do in Nagy's offense. Last night, Matt and I said that for fantasy purposes, he could be a top 15, let's say to 20, because of the depth at the position, 15 to 20 fantasy running back. Yeah, said that last night, and then this morning I look at the running back, you know, just ADP for like the sickos drafting right now. And I'm like, damn, there's a, there's a lot of good running backs this year. You're, you think an RB 20 range, that's like Mark Ingram. That's like Derrick Henry. That's the Detroit back, carry on Johnson. There's a lot of good backs this year that if you believe in Montgomery, you're going to have to high, be aggressive. A high him. end RB two. Yeah. Let's say that for, sure. but, but what about the, I don't want to say the Ronald Jones of next year. Cause I don't think there's one of those, but maybe the Royce Freeman, right? We yeah. thought they were going to be something, but then eh, it ended up not to be that great. I'm going to go first we're this time. Cause I'm you, tired of, of always giving it to you guys. I think Miles Sanders behind people go first. Always take my picks. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you, you, I'll give you the name. No, no, you can ahead. give the analysis. No, absolutely. Miles Sanders. No, do give, give it to it's me. A, and, it's and a we'll, crowded we'll backfield, sure. right? There's a lot of bodies like there. And so in terms of just fantasy, I mean, a great player played behind Saquon Barkley. Tried to copy him. I think frankly, a little bit too much. And I hope some of that gets washed from him when he's in Philly. Um, but it's an opportunity play. And I will also say this about Sanders. One year, we're talking about one year productivity, yeah, right. and and um, it was great. There's no doubt, and there were guys that I talked to who said, "Look, he he's that second running back on the board. He's not going to be a first round pick. He's gonna. It's, you watch, there will be some good value to be had here. But again, sat for a long time. Great patience, no doubt about it. But still, I just I get really nervous about one year guys, you. even at the running back spot. It's funny. I'm gonna pick a guy that's like really consistent and someone I actually picked to be like Ooh. one of the safest picks in the draft. Oh, okay. Damian Harris Ooh. with the Patriots. And here's why. NFC. We're in the oh, NFC, though. Right. Right. Same for the AFC Pac. Okay. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. No, here's the thing. I have him in the AFC, too. Okay. This guy's, like, steal my pick. I think we all pretty much agree, unless you have something big to say about Miles Sanders. No, it's Sanders. All right. So, Therese, you take the next one. Who's the Darius Leonard of this year? 
the defensive guy we've never heard of. Right. This is a tough. I know, man. It's a like, tough one. Well, too. that's why I'm not answering it right this away. It's a tough one. I, you want me we to do answer it right away? I, 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 I give you somebody, but go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. How about Max Crosby? Okay, with the Raiders, solidly productive at Eastern Michigan, a fourth rounder, but he's going to get opportunity in Oakland because they need as much pass rush as they can possibly get. One of the guys I actually really like. Um, that Arizona took in lieu of an offensive lineman was Zach Allen from mm, Boston okay. College. But, like, Zach Allen is just, he's going he's gonna to bring his hard hat. He, he's a hard-charging kind of player. You know he's solid. Actually, he's actually really solid against the run. And he's somebody you can kind of depend on on a down-to-down basis. He's not very flashy, but I think he's a really good def- I think he's a really good football player, someone that can make an impact early and maybe grow into something more. One guy, I maybe go a little bit of a homer pick here, but uh, Carolina Panthers, Christian Miller in the fourth round, edge player out of Alabama. They have talked, you know, the last two offseasons, it's been about evolving the offense, making more, you know, layup throws for Cam Newton, everything like that. This year, there's been some talk of them, you know, kind of changing the way they play up front on defense. They go with an edge player in round one, obviously in Burns from Florida State. Miller is another guy that's going to be not necessarily just a outside linebacker, but a guy that's they're going to want to rush the passer. He's not super explosive, but I do think because outside of Mario Addison, before this draft, they really didn't have anybody out there on the edge. I think that Miller's going to get some snaps. By the way, apologies. I want Max Crosby the Raiders in the middle of the NFC. We're eager. We're eager to talk to these The draft's not over. So, you know, there could be a trade in the works. We're still watching it happen. So we talked defense. We talked running backs. Let's talk wide receivers. Is there a wide receiver that you think could make an immediate impact? I'll sign up for that. I like Debo Samuel. <laughs> I do. I like Debo Samuel. Um, listen, he's a slot bully, man. Like, this is a guy that you're going to line up in the slot. He's going to be physical at the top of the routes. And I love slot receivers as instant impact guys. Yeah. Because they're going to catch a lot of passes. And if they've, if they've got run after the catchability and, like, they're kind of nasty, if he plays with a nasty disposition, like, they're going to make an impact His nickname early. came from, yeah, from the like, Friday exactly, movie. Exactly, right. Um, he's somebody in that offense I could see making an impact really, really early and being a really good f- football player from the outset because of how hard he plays and what they're going to ask him to do. And the creativity that his head coach has. I mean, he's Absolutely. a guy who is crazily versatile, jet sweeps, outs- I've, I've always say that when you see him on the outside, it looks like a fire hydrant sitting out there. Um, but I think that Kyle, in that Kyle Shanahan offense, yeah. incredible move. With George Kittle already there, like no one's going to be devoting resources to stopping Debo Samuel. Yeah. It'll go to George Kittle. So I love it. Well, they I think added Jalen Hurd, too. Yeah, I think, I think that uh, now you've got a couple guys yep. that can. There's a lot of explosive. Like, a, lot of, a lot of yeah. versatile options, right. too, which the 49ers have shown that that's what they value at the wide receiver position. No you, doubt. And you worry with Hurd, and you think about with Hurd, you wonder, as a defensive team, is this 21 personnel, two tight ends? Yeah. Is it one tight end? Yeah. Like it, 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 it muddies your packages because Hurd can do both especially if he amps it up as a blocker. So I, I like what they're doing there as far as giving Jimmy Garoppolo some weapons. There's a lot of potential with that 49ers right. offense. There's a lot yeah, of potential. Really Matt, is. what about you? What about a receiver for you? I, I think DK Metcalf it could make an immediate impact because we're, we're, we're hearing rumors about the Doug Baldwin you know, injury situation. That this, this might be the end of the line for Doug Baldwin, which would really suck if his career ends at 30 years old for such a fun and – just a great player to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, DK could step into some immediate opportunity. I think even with Baldwin on the field, there's opportunity to be had there, especially in the vertical passing yeah. game. And oh, guess what? DK's good at being a deep threat. I think that yeah. there's a lot of opportunity for him to step in right away and be. I mean, if you've got Lockett on one side of the field and you've got DK Metcalf on the other side of the field, there's no way 
that the damn Seahawks can be as run heavy as they I mean, say it, they want to be. That's it. Brian Schottenheimer has to let Russell Wilson put the ball Please in the air for this. Like, Please let Russell be great. And the back third of the defense when you're sitting there and you're talking about Lockett and, and Metcalf lining up. Now, now this is assuming Metcalf can translate that game, which right. I, you know, I think he can. Me too. That, what great deep ball thrower, obviously, in Russell Wilson. I think what they've been looking for is an over-the-top guy. It accentuates the running game. They're not going to ask him to do a ton of things. Yeah. It was, is he going to end up in the right situation where they say, hey, we know the two things, one or two things you can do really well. That's what we're going to ask you to do. I think that's what the Seahawks are going to do with DK Metcalf. I agree with that being a – I'm with it. I would just urge people, since this is a fantasy podcast, to not go overboard with that oh, just sure. because – in, tip, in, in, in general, guys don't produce more in the NFL than they do in college. Yeah, so if fair. you look at the production in college, it's a concern. Plus, like, you know, Pete Carroll can talk about them throwing the ball around as much as he wants. Like, to me, you are who you are in general. That team's going to run the football. And we're not telling you and to burn. And they also have Tyler Lockett. So we're I, also I, not I, telling listen, you to burn high picks on that. I know they got Tyler Lockett. <laughs> We're not, we're not asking anybody to burn high picks on rookie no, wide I'm just receivers. Making, no, I'm just, no, no, no. But he's definitely <laughs> someone careful. that could make that immediate. And we're looking for people to watch. Just and I think careful. someone that you guys haven't mentioned was J.J. Arcelo-Whiteside. Yes, I agree with you 100%. Out of Stanford going to um, the Eagles. Number 57 overall, strong hands. Great contested. 40-something contested catches at Stanford. I really like the fit in this offense. Um, I think you can say goodbye to Nelson Aguilar right now. I and mean, that's going to probably be the end of that. And so I think you know, this is a guy who's received Eric Decker comps. I, I like him for this fit. I like that they're giving Carson Wentz another security blanket and a strong, beefy one. There's a lot of Jeffrey-esque, Elshon Jeffrey-esque yeah. um, attributes to his game, too. So I think that that's another guy to keep an eye on. And I'm going to be what? Yeah. The staff there will tell you, too, about Wentz. He's a trust guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, he, if he starts throwing to you and he develops a bond, which is why the tight ends. Right. Everyone's like, oh, he goes to the tight ends all the time. He trusts he the tight guys. ends. He's he's developed that relationship. As you said, the contested balls. If he knows this is who I can throw right. to and he's going to win 50-50 situations, he'll go back to him. So I and think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder coming into this season. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. um, but you mentioned tight ends, so let's talk about tight ends. Ugh. <laughs> Don't take rookie tight ends in fantasy. Even yeah. Hawkinson, who is probably huh? the most complete ahead, tight no, end. No, 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 I want to hear no, you because you first. sound pretty convicted. Because to me, I think Hawkinson might be the exception. Okay. Yes. I, I, I hear you on that. I do. I hear you on that. And because he's complete, which means he stays on the field. There's I, a I like significant that. concern. I wonder if you're going to say no, it. No, 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 no. Well, I, I like the fact that he's a complete player. He's right. going to stay on the field, which we, means we agree on the players. All that. Yeah. Yeah, there's situations. I, I just, in general, I don't know. I, you're going to get to something specific, and I'm okay, hyped okay, to hear okay, this. Okay. But I, I, I think that tight ends are just guys that it takes a year. I think historically we've seen it. Even with exceptions, I don't like ever looking at rookie tight ends and saying, yeah, that guy's going to factor immediately. It's just so rare. What I was going to say is that Matthew Stafford loved to target Golden Tate in the slot. Mm-hmm. They got rid of Tate, the offense. I wonder if Stafford will immediately take the Hawkinson. That, that's what concerns me because if he doesn't and it takes a year, like Charles said, then maybe you got this jewel, this really good player who doesn't 
have the productivity that should go with his talent. Like, it, this is a Stafford concern to me. Who's he going to throw at? But this is, the, this is the Eric Ebron. Like, people will yeah. say, like, but then Ebron went to the Colts and look what happened. But they've replaced, in theory, Golden Tate with Damian, Danny Amendola. That's not, that's more theory than anything else. I think you're exactly right. If Stafford decides to lean into Hawks' upside. It's a if. But if we're talking, ahead. if we're talking the Seahawks as a team that, you know, we're concerned about passing volume there, I think you have to have that same concern in Detroit because this is a team that has shown with their moves, you know, last year, go offensive line and running back, back to back in they the draft. Run. They, they want to run the they football. Want to run. They want to be that tough physical team. And Hawkinson fits into that from a stylistic oh. perspective, but you've already have Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Who's not going to stay healthy? No, for sure. But I still think you're, you're going to expect to... You know, Kenny Galladay, if if you want to have a breakout season there, you want him to get 120 targets. I think Jones is still going to push for 80 to 90. That's not a lot left for a rookie tight end, as we're saying. And I'll double talk a little bit here. Like, they paid Jesse James some money. That's true. Yeah, I mean. So, like, you got two tight ends now. They're going to both see the field. You know, like, they're going to have stuff designed. And Jesse James, for James isn't, to, isn't a He's dog. not a blocker, yeah. but he's a, yeah. he's a catcher. So, like, yeah. I do wonder, like, how they're going to use him and yeah. how they're going to incorporate yeah. him because they want to run the football. But on the other hand, they also apparently have some interest in trading for Gronk. So, if that's the case and you want to, and you think this guy has some of that in him, maybe you try to feature him they're early. I think he's going to be so fast. Detroit's I, I, like, I, I think knows. you can definitely, for, for his knows. first year out, I'm going to put him in the tight end 12 to 14 range okay. fantasy-wise for right now. Okay. Low end tight end one. This next last, one's last, like lastly, Irv Smith. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've been excited. hyping Irv yeah. Smith for I don't know months. I, I really like his game. R.I.P. Kyle Rudolph because he's in Minnesota now. Thoughts beyond? I mean, I've comped him to Trey Burton. He has some Dukes in the in the blocking game. Nice run blocker there as well. I think Dalvin Cook could certainly use that in terms of his durability as well. You you just smiling like do it, Therese. I'm well, personally I'm excited to have it. another Irv in the NFL. <laughs> it's just been a long time since his daddy plays, so I'm happy to have another Irv in the NFL. Handle, I mean, um, Twitter handle is Swerve and Irv. Yeah, by Irvin. the way, so he's going to earn the Irv name. He's going to own it. Um, but, but I will say he he's six two. He's Charles Clay. Like, that's who he's going to end up being yeah. as a football player. He's going to be an H-back type, a guy that can yeah, that can win in certain ways, not as an attached tight end, that's for sure, but as an H-back type, somebody that can slide on play action and be a safety security blanket for Kirk Cousins. I actually really like it. And I, I still believe when you look at the totality of Kirk Cousins' career, his best film when he was really hitting it, was yes. when Jordan Reed yeah, got was it. doing well in Washington. I think Jordan Reed and Jordan Reed about the same, yeah, about the same exact size. So I, I really do. I believe that this is smart. This is part of what Minnesota is trying to look at here. They're saying, look, we got to we got to protect him. But we also got to get him a security guy as well. And the, 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 the entire offseason has been built around for them trying to give cousins um, some some additional help, including and drafting everything, including drafting your cousin. Garrett Bradbury Garrett Robinson Bradbury. has been. Uh, <laughs> so, but anyway, he's, look, he's a very good player. I like what they did. They're trying to give that guy some weapons and make sure yeah. that that uh, investment pays off. This is a team, I think, too, why I find this pick so interesting. It comes back to what I said off the top, like where teams try to tell us who they want to be. And this is a team that all offseason has been, you know, well, Mike Zimmer at least is, we want to run the ball. We want to be, we want to, you know, dial back the passing volume. The, the rumors are that he fired Flip because he wasn't running the ball enough. You know, they definitely go with the center in round one. They actually go with a running back in round three because they needed depth there. But Irv Smith is not a guy that, you know, you're looking at as a, a blocking type no. tight end. Oh, no. As no, we're no. talking about TJ Hawkinson. No, he is that Jordan move, Reed, though. Right, right. And he is that move tight end. And I, I like the pick because I think they were, you know, sneaky really bad behind Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen last year. 
but to me, it's like, what do you want to be, Minnesota? Do you want to be this? You know, you're, you're investing a lot of money at the quarterback position. You're investing a lot of money at the wide receiver position. You take a, a move tight end. I don't know. Maybe they won't be as run heavy as, as many fantasy projectors are thinking out there. I still like it. <laughs> I think they're going to be pretty run heavy. As long as Zim <laughs> is there. I, I, think, it is I, I think they're trying to split the difference a little yeah. bit. I'll be honest with you. I really do. I, I think that there is I like that. absolutely – this is going to be predicated toward what Zim wanted when he fired Flip, okay? Which you're going to run the ball, okay? This is We're going to be more of a, a power team. We're definitely going to be a team that you bring in Bradbury. You, you want somebody zone blocking in space. But I also think that they look at Kirk and they go, we got to squeeze everything we can out of him. And what do we know he absolutely flourished with in Washington? Let's at least give him a piece to work with. We don't, I don't want to linger on this t- too much longer, but I, I just wonder if there's a little bit of like disconnect too between the coaching staff and the front office. Oh, there. maybe a little. I mean, it's at least worth thinking yeah. about. Um, all right. So you mentioned the front office. So we're going to play commish here and have the power to veto one team's draft pick and select someone else. Therese. Yeah, I got you. I'm vetoing Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> he took the layup here. He took the layup. I'm going to take the layup and I'm going to replace it with Ed Oliver. Like that, that defensive line stunk last year. The New York football Giants, the team that's prided itself on defensive play and getting after the quarterback was 30th in the NFL in sacks. That's completely unacceptable. Ed Oliver's talent pops on tape. and You can't tell me he's not going to be a Pro Bowl 3 tech. Just draft him. It's, I know people have, you have issues with Crowd is cheering for him. Yeah, exactly. Well, they should. Because <laughs> this is right. Um, and, and even if you don't want to go Ed Oliver, Haskins. I, I just, I, I'm, either one of those picks, if you're the Giants, is a better one to me than Jones is six. Look, I don't work with you guys as much, Charles and Therese. I work with Liz very, very often. So you know that I uh, I like to have an opinion and be sure about that opinion. And this is why I'm going to veto the Will Greer pick because I don't know how I think. I can talk myself wow. into it and I can talk myself out of it. That's because, look, part of me says you have a quarterback that is in his prime right now. And I know there are injury questions. We'll get to that in a second. But theoretically, you have a quarterback that is in his prime. You have a roster that is far from complete. To use a top 100 pick on a player, when you have issues that need to be solved on a, on a guy that you hope never sees the field in this, this season, you could argue that that's a waste of resources in Cam Newton's prime. On the other hand, I like Will Greer as a player. <laughs> I think he could be a Ryan Fitzpatrick type. I think type. he's very handsome. Yeah, I, do think, I think he's handsome too. Uh, that's just a whole other side thing. But <laughs> I think that he's a guy that could be a good backup, low-end starter type in the NFL. I think he's fearless. I like that part about him. Um, I also think that, hey, look, Carolina, maybe you draft Will Greer and Cam Newton is fine, and Will Greer goes and dusts up some backups in the preseason, and maybe you have a trade piece down the line. I think that could be a smart investment. So I can talk myself in and out of it, and because of that, I'm vetoing the pick, and I'm going to have them get somebody. I, I don't know who it is, but just anyone to help this offense or a, a secondary that is in, in rough shape at the safety position Yeah, outside you know, of Eric Reed. You know, Charles knows about how I feel about Will Greer. Uh, yeah, he, I'm, he's, I'm, he's a Will Greer lover. Yeah, you can say it. It's he's fine. A, um, he's your Garrett Bradbury. He clearly might right. say. <laughs> uh, but I do wonder how that's going to – I, I, I want to see yes. – he's very, yeah. very confident, right? How's that going to work with Cam? Because he, he definitely wants to come in and let's see how those two work together. Because I don't think Will point. Greer sees himself as a backup. That's a really good so, point. He's like, Interesting quarterback. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be a okay, – because, Charles, we talk about this, right? Like, the room matters. Yeah. There's got to be a good ecosystem because the backup always works with the starter. Right. Right. 
And if there's content- contentiousness there. He's not Derek Anderson, man. Derek Anderson was more than right. willing to be like, hey, I'm your support system. There's no Taylor Alex Smith. Either, right, right, you know? right. I mean, yeah. Alex Smith with Patrick Mahomes, like you just, that, which was good. But we saw how that could go poorly in Washington when they took Kirk Cousins and Robert Griffin in the same draft. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, you know, those guys are competing every day. It gets contentious. So, all right. So, look, the, the player I would take away is Rashawn Gary with the Green Bay Packers at 12. Like, I, I just think they're. Were too many red flags there for him to still be a player that, to me, top 12, that's still a pretty premium pick. Um, I think you're talking about shoulder injury, which I think pushed him down on boards as we got closer to the draft. I think there were some significant questions about how passionate he was going to be, the college production, whether or not he was really shutting it down at Michigan last year. Uh, So there are a number of things there that I just don't like, particularly if the shoulder could be a problem moving forward. Andre Dillard, the offensive tackle yeah. out of Washington State. To me, that's the guy, the pass technician. Yeah. Um, I can tell you the Eagles couldn't believe it when he started to slide. They thought fringy top 10 guy. When he got to the mid-teens, the Eagles were freaking out, thinking we got to trade up, we got to move up here. Slam dunk. I think it would have been great for Aaron Rodgers to add that kind of a piece for the Packers. I feel like all my picks were taken, but I, I have a little <laughs> bit of one. I didn't really understand the Falcons taking Christopher Lindstrom. I mean, you've got... A lot of needs, I think, on that D-line. Yeah. Vic Beasley hasn't really turned over, and you still had Montez Sweat on the yeah. board. High, too. Really high. Yeah. I mean, the they 15th, followed up with another, another 14th overall offensive pick. lineman later. Right. Yeah. And um, there are a couple of DTs still on the board, too. And I was – I'm, I'm going to take that one away. Falcons, what are you doing? I don't know. I thought that Look, was kind of a reach. Going defense – is never a bad idea for no. yeah, the Falcons yeah. at the stage. Especially in this draft, yeah, which is yeah. a very good defensive draft. And, and like a guard. They've like, also, they and they added some guards in free agency, too. I mean, James Carpenter's not good, but right. like they still paid him a decent amount of money. So it, it did feel like a weird move there when there were so many potential defensive difference makers on the board. So that is going to wrap it up for the NFC draft recap in Nashville. It got a little ruckusy. But we got some. Is Ruckersy a word? Is it, is Darius Ruckersy, country music fans, look that up. Oh no, <laughs> no, let's wrap quickly. All right. <laughs> let's go to Tootsie's and get some drinks. I want to see some Garth Brooks. Be sure to download the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast as well as the Yahoo Sports NFL Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I'm Liz Loza for Matt Harmon, Therese Taylor, and Charles Robinson. We're out. <laughs>